time for Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, Christian counselors and the founders of Soul Shepherding. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep and I take it up again. My sheep follow me. No one can snatch them out of my hands. In other words, with Jesus at the cross, we are unforsaken. That's our theme for this special series during Lent. Thanks for joining us. Christy, how come when we do Soul Talks, Charlie sits in your lap and not mine? <laughs> I don't know. Can't ask him either. He couldn't answer. <laughs> well, if I was him, I'd sit in your lap too. Oh, Lots well. of cuddles. You're good at loving him. <laughs> I do enjoy affection. That's true. <laughs> And he, I think he's our, our top Soul Talks listener. Yes, he is. <laughs> he never misses one. He's always here. <laughs> yeah, we've got some other listeners out there, and we're enjoying hearing from you. Uh, Margaret in Lincolnshire of the United Kingdom wrote us and said, I'm so blessed by this Lenten journey, Bill and Christy. Jesus is really ministering to me through it. I'm seeing that throughout the year I can grow closer to Jesus and focus on him and not get overwhelmed by my suffering. Thank you and be blessed, both of you. Great to hear from you, Margaret. And uh, Kevin Coburg, our friend in San Diego, uh, he's been a church plant pastor, currently a a Christian leader in the marketplace and uh, leads a small group and has been leading a group through our book, uh, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, which features breath prayers from the Bible in each chapter. And we did a podcast on breath prayers a little while ago. And so he had his group listen to the podcast together and uh, practice these breathing prayers, breathing in and out God's word and uh, quieting ourselves in God's presence to just appreciate the Lord and enjoy him together and then process together, you know, how, how was that for you? How was the Lord speaking to you? That's great. I, I so appreciate breath prayers. It's been so helpful to me in my life and my connection with God. Yeah, we begin each Station of the Cross in the Unforsaken journey here, uh, going through the booklet uh, Unforsaken with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. This has been our theme for Lent this year. This is a great resource any time of year for a retreat or an extended quiet time. Really, it takes uh, just as little as an hour to prayerfully go through each station, the scriptures, meditate on the life of Jesus and his great love for us in the cross journey and what he's teaching us. He's teaching us through this. And so just today, we had some people in our home. That was a lot of fun as we did an unforsaken journey together in a day retreat. We did. Yeah, we got to pray breath prayer together. We got to have a little bit of soul talk. So Kevin, thanks for bringing soul talks and breath prayers to your group. And we got to bring that to a group today in our home. So great the day and age that we live in. You know, we had uh, uh, expats from... North Africa yeah. here in our home. We had a pastor couple from San Diego. Yeah. We had a team of pastors from Corona traveled out here to Irvine. We had uh, some other pastors and ministry leaders uh, from Orange County all gathered together for a day of seeking the face of Jesus together and stretching into some time of quiet also around the lake here by our house. And what yeah, a blessing. It is a blessing. And it's really an encouragement when I see these pastors, these leaders that are taking the intentional time to set aside a day to come together to meditate on the Stations of the Cross. I mean, that's really, I think, rare. And it just so encourages and blesses me to see other people pressing in close to Jesus, even in his suffering, and the way the Lord meets us 
in that and to be able to do that together, hold that space together and then process and pray for each other afterwards. So. Yeah, we really practice something that we've been talking about here uh, weeks on Soul Talks, but it's going to God's Word in um, open hearts and meditation, listening to the Lord, of course, but also listening to our emotions. Yeah. And what, what does this scripture passage touch in me? What sorts of uh, stress points are going on in my life? Where might there be some hurt or some sin that I need to confess? And one of the pastor couples who was with us today uh, found that in going through the unforsaken journey, it was uh, evoking some some deep places inside, uh, some hurt where they you know, needed to process. And so they did that together in their That's TLC right. time and uh, listened and empathized with each other's Yay. emotions <laughs> and found that that really helped them to draw closer to Jesus. Yes. Well, I can testify that does. It does help. They were able to be ambassadors of Christ to each other. Yeah. So let's do that uh, together here, honey. I want to hear about your experiences with the meditations this week in the Unforsaken Journey and want to share with you mine. So I'll, I'll get us started uh, with station nine here. Jesus falls a third time. Ugh. <laughs> I hate to fall <laughs> a third time. I mean, once is bad enough, twice is bad enough, but a third time. Oh, and you know, you and I have walked the Via Della Rosa. It's not a very long walk. I was surprised when we were in mm-hmm. Israel. It, it really isn't that far a walk from where he was condemned by Pilate and then, you know, where he had to carry the cross to at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre site. And so that just shows, I think, the extent to which he was so in pain and strained and weakened by all of the suffering and the whipping and you know all he'd been through, overnight condemnation and rest. And ugh, <laughs> just makes me sick. He's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, literally. Yeah. All of our sins. So. Yeah, I mean, just a burden of shame and sin is enough to pull us down. So Jesus goes before us, and he falls. He, of course, doesn't fall in sin. He's perfect. He's holy. Uh, but he falls under the weight of our sins, Yeah. and he falls under the weight of all the abuse that he's experiencing there as he's carrying the cross. And near death, mm-hmm. as you're saying, I mean, he's almost killed in the Garden of Gethsemane by Satan and just the travail of anticipating the cross and, and taking it on spiritually. And then the flogging uh, nearly killed him. Yeah. So then carrying that heavy cross and splinters on his back and, you know, he's he's bleeding. It's just, it's, it's gruesome. We can mm-hmm. barely just stand to even think about it. Oh. We pause to just feel about all this suffering and we can start to get, you know, depressed. Mm-hmm. And so we remember... For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and uh, despised the shame of it. He, he didn't uh, accept that shame. He probably felt it, probably felt embarrassed, you know, falling down. You know, well, did he fall three times? Well, you know, we don't know. The, um, the point is not historical accuracy as it relates to this matter. The, the point is meditation, spiritually. Right. Because this is the theme in the crosswalk is, is the weight of the cross and Jesus' great love and mercy for us and what, what he does to forgive us of our sins and to reconcile us to God. And it's also uh, a point of empathy for us because we fall down in life mm-hmm. and we, we trip due to our own sins, the sins of others against us, uh, the weaknesses of our human nature, the, the things that we struggle with. We fall down mm-hmm. and it is discouraging. Yeah. yeah so 
we read in the scriptures in Proverbs 24, 16, a wonderfully encouraging verse, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Yay! (laughs) Isn't that good? It is good. We rise again. And you can fall down seven times, and God will still call you righteous. I think we can fall down more than seven. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, because seven, you know, the numbers in the Bible are symbolic so often. Seven is the number of perfection. And what God is saying to us is, you can fall down under my grace and my love. Of course, God wants to help us not sin and uh, not collapse under burdens and so forth. But God is not a, a legalist. He is not a perfectionist. He is not a condemning judge. He's not sticking a finger in our face. Oh, you screwed up again. He understands that, that we learn by experience, and experience includes mistakes. Mm, that's really important. That's really good. I'm, I'm so glad he hasn't counted the number of times I've fallen. Yeah. <laughs> but that he's been there with his hand of grace and mercy, love. And so, he's, he's also, I've, I've taken such heart from that for the joy set before him. Hmm. Christ endured the cross. To contemplate that is really deep. To just, I mean, just you could spend hours just contemplating that very thing. What was the joy set before him? And taking such heart from that, that he was unforsaken, that he knew his hmm. father loved him. He knew the joy that his father had for him. And I take heart from that because that helps me uh, when I am suffering in, in obedience to God to look for the joy that God has for me. Thanks for sharing that, honey. So this is what's blessing you is meditating upon Jesus that even in the brutalities that he's experiencing and the pain, he is, is drawing on the reality that God his Father loves him and is with him. He's not forsaken. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a nourishment, even a joy that comes from his intimacy with the Father. He's in the, the kingdom of God, which Paul says later is the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Yeah, he's seeing that and he's looking to that. I mean, I think we, we have such a clear picture of Stephen doing this when he was being stoned. You know, we see this picture of him looking to the joy of the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So Paul says that Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's a kind of falling. Jesus chose to descend from heaven to earth step down in humility. Yeah, I think of Psalm 18, you stooped down to make me great. Now Jesus stepped down to make us great in him. Jesus fell down under the weight of the cross to help us with him rise up. Yeah. In a sense, he shows us how to fall and not collapse into depression and shame, but to rise again, taking the hand of grace that reaches from the heavens and to have a sense of dignity that I am loved. So this week I fell down on uh, Monday. I had a rough day. Uh, woke up with searing pain in my, my neck and my back from an injury, helping our daughter and son-in-law move some furniture around 
Didn't even know that I'd hurt my back at the time. You know how that can be. And I uh, had a tweak that I woke up with and it was just the nerves were pinched and it was just uh, all day. It was just that chronic pain is just wearing on me. And I was doing a, a lot of desk work on Monday that needed to be done. Uh, strategic thinking and preparations for things that we're doing, uh, some meetings with evaluating our ministry and the administration and growth and how to deal with things. And was trying to get a lot of stuff done with that and got frustrated and discouraged and gloomy and negative and feeling sorry for myself and sank into a hole of depression. Yeah. Well, you were really suffering. I mean, you, you didn't get much sleep and then you were under so much stress and pressure with these things with leading soul shepherding and to have that pain in the neck is no small thing. We, mm-hmm. we say that as an expression, but when you're really in that kind of screaming pain, your neck and shoulder and upper back like that, it's really debilitating. And so you were suffering. Yeah. And in the midst of that, I was, really trying to get some work done and afraid I, I lost touch with the, the presence of God and the joy of that kingdom. And I was, you know, really just powering through stuff with my own intelligence and drive and whatever energy I could muster to, and uh, just work an hour after hour. And uh, it wasn't very much liking my life or myself. <laughs> yeah. And I was just enduring it, you know, yeah. and it was, um, it was really depressing. Yeah. But you didn't stay stuck in that. You didn't. Most of a day I did, but <laughs> yeah. And, and I, during that, I struggled with judging myself, mm. uh, but I didn't stay there. And I, I did take the hand of the Lord and, and you helped me, you listened to me. And, you know, looking back on that, I'm so grateful to the Lord for his grace to me and his unconditional love and that he, he gives me that hand up to rise again. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for the work of the spirit in my life just over, over the years, because that slough of despond that I fell into mm-hmm. to borrow the, yeah. the metaphor from Pilgrim's progress is a place that I used to spend a lot of time in mm-hmm. and it's been a while. So that really brought back some memories of what it feels like when you just are, and I know some of our listeners, you might, some of you might be feeling this now, where you're just discouraged and despairing and feel alone and just doesn't feel like there's hope. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a spot like that, particularly an ongoing depression is such, you just don't think you're ever going to feel better. Right. Yeah. Everything just looks bleak. Yeah. It's hard to see any joy set before you. Yeah. yeah. Have any hope. Yeah. So what helped you? Well, what helped me was Jesus in our meditations that, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus fell down and he rose again. And, you know, he probably in falling, you know, he, he had to feel exhausted, right? He probably felt discouraged, uh, embarrassed. He was carrying so much there. And so to see how he endured that gracefully and how he received help, as we've said in previous Soul Talks episodes in this journey of Unforsaken, you know, receiving help from Simon of Cyrene, who helped him carry the cross, Mark tells us, from his mother Mary, who may have made contact with him during the crosswalk. Uh, the legend about Veronica, you know, even the women who are weeping for him. The, you know, he's receiving comfort and compassion from people around him. Pretty soon we'll be looking at John and Mary at the cross together, as the scripture tells us. And so these are ways that Jesus is being reminded that God 
his father loves him and is with him. There are people that are with him at these points. So that helped you to see that God was with you and that you weren't forsaken, even though you were slipping into feeling that with such horrible pain and such big burdens that you are carrying. Well, thanks for sharing, honey. As we talk about our 10th station of the cross here, we see the soldiers stripping and abusing Jesus. And the governor's soldiers, it says in Matthew 27, they stripped him, they mocked him, they struck him on the head again and again. Then they led him away to crucify him. And then it talks in Luke 23 that they divided up his clothes by casting lots and the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. for They know not what they do. This is a really amazing thing because he's really being abused. And, you know, I've suffered like contempt and judgment and mocking from people. And I've suffered physical pain, but I haven't suffered both by the same person at the same time. Like Jesus did here by a, a mob of people, the people in power, people that were his children that he created, that he loved. I mean, the suffering is so immense here. I've, I've experienced betrayal by somebody that I loved who I've served, you know, and, and then they, they hurt me. But I mean, there's just so much pain and abuse here. And so I think this station really speaks to those who have been abused, who have been violated, been abused even sexually. This is the station that really speaks to Jesus's compassion and understanding of the depth of the pain, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that they've, relationally, they've suffered. Yeah, we've had a lot of people like this share with us over the years. And uh, it's so powerful when they can look to Jesus here at his cross and the abuse that he's endured out of love for them and to see how he does it with uh, strength and with compassion and forgiveness. And so then it helps them to know they're not alone. That's so important, too, that you said with strength, because I think earlier in my life, I always thought of, well, he was just being a doormat. He was just being passive. He was just like maybe helpless or afraid, like uh, I would feel and be, I would be a doormat in that circumstance. And so I was projecting, I think, my own self. But what you said about how Jesus, he's strong and he's confident and he has his confidence in God with him. And he, we see him bold in John 18 and 19 to speak truth and love to his abusers. Even to speak out that he would forgive, asking forgiveness for them, that takes such strength. He's not just unable to defend himself in any way. This is a choice he's making. And so I think to pray that God will give us his strength and his empathy and his mercy so that he could heal us of the hurt and the shame, the anger and the fear that we feel. Because I can get a vision here that there's more for me to do other than just go into this helplessness and Mm -hmm. shame or a retaliation of vengeance and anger and fighting. There's a, a better way here. He shows us. Yeah, he shows us the way of receiving the uh, unconditional love of God so deeply and being formed by it that you're able to offer forgiveness even to the the people who are mistreating you. You're able to have the strength of being concerned for these people and what what they need and to to pray for them and to to return cruelty with kindness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is for us. You know, just one of the women at our retreat today was sharing how she'd been abused and she's grieved, she's forgiven, she's worked the process and she's received great healing. 
but now she's grieving for the abuser that he hasn't received God's mercy and forgiveness. And she sees the way that he's suffering and condemning himself now Mm -hmm. because it's someone who's still in her life. And so I think just that's so beautiful how she's got the heart of God there for him and so wants what she's received from God for him. That's so like Jesus. So we pray, Jesus, thank you that you offer us healing, that you offer us freedom and forgiveness but also that you release us and renew us so we have an increasing capacity to forgive and love others. We pray, Lord, that this would be something that our listeners more and more would be able to receive, grow in, and give for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Each week during Lent, we're having a soul talk in response to the readings in our new booklet called Unforsaken. It's a short storybook with pictures, Bible meditations, and prayers that invite you to follow Jesus station by station on his cross journey. You can order Unforsaken on soulshepherding.org or Amazon for as little as $5. Till next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.